Um, the last, the previous two Wednesday nights, I have taught on uh, praying kingdom prayers, and uh, I feel like God's been moving in our church when it comes to that subject of prayer, and um, we have the ability to pray prayers that are not merely words, but they are prayers that have an effect. Anybody believe that tonight? You and I have the ability to pray prayers that are effective prayers. Uh, and we can be as Elijah, who, was, who, who had effectual, fervent prayer. And when we exercise that kind of effectual, fervent, apostolic prayer that God intended for his church to exercise, uh, we, we are able to tap into a realm of the Spirit that most people will never experience. That's why most people don't believe in the power of prayer. Because they, they don't pray apostolic prayers. They merely uh, go through uh, ritualistic platitudes. But we believe in praying an apostolic prayer. And when you have ever experienced the power of apostolic prayer, you will leave convinced that God hears us when we call him. I'm going to tell you, last Wednesday night, the, the Holy Ghost moved in here. And uh, there was conviction in here. And God moved in this place. And it was just a great, great service Sunday. Uh, the Lord moved in this house in a great and powerful way. We had breakthrough. And, um, and I'm going to tell you, that didn't just happen. We didn't, we didn't put a service together and said, here's our recipe for this service. We're going to have a service in which there's going to be breakthrough, and we're going to li- pour in a little of this, we're going to pour in a little of that, and mix it all up. And because we mix it all up correctly, we're going to put it in the oven. This is what's going to come out. We're going to have a powerful service. That's not why that happened. It happened for, there's, there's a multitude of reasons, but not the least of which there was prayer behind that service uh, Sunday, and, and God moved in here to, to confirm that and to answer prayer and so i'm going to tell you i wouldn't want i wouldn't want to be a part of uh anything that called itself a church that that could not ever experience the power of prayer and i'm going to just reaffirm to you tonight that prayer still works don't listen to the naysayers don't listen to those who don't who have an experience in apostolic prayer uh and 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 environment and atmosphere where god is working don't listen to them you need to talk to somebody who's been there, done that. You need, to, you need to talk to somebody who knows how to pray the kind of prayers that we want to pray in this church. Amen? Amen. I'm going to turn tonight to, uh, uh, well, I'll tell you what. Let's look at Matthew 6. look at Luke chapter number 11, Matthew 6, and Luke chapter number 11, Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13 says, after this manner, of course, this is Jesus teaching the Sermon on the Mount. 
he says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Luke 11 and 2. Um, the scripture says that as Jesus was praying, his, one, of, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And so he reiterated the same prayer he had told them before. Let me just tell you something. Um, and I'm going to be, I'm probably going to be more in low gear tonight than I was last Wednesday night. Y'all be all right with that? All right. I'm preached out, okay, from those last two services. Um, it's very interesting to note that Jesus taught them a prayer in Matthew 6, which was uh, when he was doing the Sermon on the Mount. And then later on, the disciples come back to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he didn't, he didn't try to reinvent something and, and, and come up with something brand new. He went back to the same thing that he had previously told them. You know what the problem with some people is? They're always looking for something new. Always looking for something new. Buddy, they'll chase, they'll chase all over the place looking for something new. And that's why some people can't be satisfied in their marriage. We doing all right? Some people can't be satisfied in their job. Some people can't be satisfied with, with um, their occupation, the, thing, the, the field that they have chosen. Not only do, are they wanting to bounce from place to place, but, but they'll never become settled in the thing they've chosen to do. And I'm telling you, the problem with a lot of people is that they... They are always looking for something new. And um, I'm, that's, a, that's a strong sign of immaturity. That's a strong sign of immaturity. What? We're doing all right. It's a strong sign of immaturity. Because, because life is such, if God is a God of patterns, as a people who are following his example, we should become a people of patterns. And God doesn't chase new things. He says, I'll do a new thing. Well, you know, some, well he said he'd do a new thing. Yes, he did. And this was the, this is the point he was making. He was saying, I'm going to do a new thing in you. You're an old man. I'm going to make you a new man. Once I do that, I expect that new man to be the one I'm going to work with from here on out. He doesn't, he doesn't plan on having to constantly recreate us. You know, um, uh, there, there are people in our world today who, who will throw everything away. They'll build a life. They'll build a life and spend years investing in that life and, and, and give so much to it, their time, their energy, their, their emotion, uh, their finances. They invest so much into that life. And then at some point, you know, they just, they just blow it all up. 
And the problem, the problem is that they listened to this little voice that said because there was some part of their life they found dissatisfaction in that it was okay to destroy everything that they had worked to, to build. You've got two options in a situation like that. You can either blow up everything that God's helped you build to this point, or you can say, no, I'm going to subject this part of my life that I'm struggling with to the Lord. I'm going to get it right with Him. I'm going to get it right with Him because it's not the will of God that I would blow everything up and then He would have to start all over recreating me again into what He wants me to be. Because not because here's the problem. Not only does it does it mess me up when that happens, but it messes my children up. You know, the old saying says that when the mighty oak falls, so too does the little fir. When that big oak falls in the woods, it's going to take down those little firs that are in its path. And if I if I destroy everything that God is trying to create in my life and family, that he's had his hand behind, it's not just going to affect me. It's going to affect that lady right there. It's going to affect my kids that are out there. And uh, it's, it's, it's a very selfish thing. So I can either do that, and some people have, or I can say, no, no, I'm going to submit right now to the Lord, and I'm going to let God do what he wants to do. So quit. I got into all that because some people are just chasing something new all the time. And they can't be satisfied with what, where they are, with what they have. Let me tell you, Paul said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, there to be content. Paul said, I have learned that I have got to be content in wherever I find myself. And wherever God has you right now, you need to learn to be content with that. And, and to uh, follow the Holy Ghost as he wants to develop you who you are with what you have in your hand at this moment. Uh, David looked at Saul. He said, I, I just, I'm not comfortable taking your armor. I'm not comfortable taking your weapons of war. I have not proved them. He said, but I am very comfortable with my sling. I'm very comfortable with my sling. Can you imagine somebody saying, I'm more comfortable with a slingshot than I am with a sword? If I'm going to fight the, the giant, I'm saying, give me the sword. But David was very comfortable with who he was. And he knew that if he would take what God had previously placed into his hands and submit it to the Lord, that God would allow all this thing to work out the way it's supposed to work out. So I don't want to chase everything new. Jesus didn't come up with something new when the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, I'm going to tell you again what I told you before. Luke 11. Y'all didn't think I'd get back to reading this, did you? <laughs> Luke, I didn't either. Luke 11 and 2. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He goes back. He's just reiterating the things I've already taught you. So I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I thank God for patterns of prayer that we use. I teach some of them. I teach, um, 
I teach the sandwich pattern of prayer. You ever heard of that? You know, when I was a kid, my Sunday school teachers taught me the, the bread was praise, right? And then, you know, the, the, the meat would be petition, and then you would close it out with praise again, right? And, um, and that's a pattern of prayer. We have the pattern of a tabernacle. I love to pray through the tabernacle. Matter of fact, when I am praying, that is typically the pattern of prayer that I am following after is, is praying through the tabernacle. But at the end of the day, you cannot improve upon prayer. Just keep it simple if you, if, if you just, if, well, I can't pray. Then keep it simple and just follow the simple pattern that God gave us. Follow the simple pattern God gave us. It's okay to pray those other prayers. It's okay to, okay to pray the Psalms. Uh, some people like to get in the book of Psalms and begin to pray those. That's wonderful. That's all fine. But do not think that you've got to come up with something new all the time. That's part of the problem with us preachers. Sometimes we think to keep people interested, we've got to be preaching and teaching something brand new they've never heard before. Can I tell you, that's a lot of pressure to put on a preacher. Let me, And that's why a lot of preachers wind up in false doctrines. We're doing real good right now. <clears throat> because they've, they've allowed an unrealistic expectation to always come up with something new that nobody's ever heard before. And, and so it pushes them to make leaps in, in logic and make connections that are not there. And they start preaching things that the scripture doesn't even support, you know. They take a story and twist it to make it say what they want it to say. And, and why? Because they feel a pressure to preach something new that nobody's ever heard. There's a difference between um, preaching something new and preaching something fresh. Okay? I don't always preach something new. But I do pray I'm always preaching something fresh. You know, I go to the I go to the store, um, and I'm getting bread. Bread is not new. They've had bread for years and years and years and years. But I guarantee I want it to be fresh. I don't want to eat stale bread. I need fresh bread. That's where nourishment's going to come from. And so, um, when I got up here and preached Sunday, I didn't preach some earth-shattering message that you'd never heard before. I preached about let's have a breakthrough. But what made, it, what made it work is that it was the thing God was saying. And because it was what God was saying, it was fresh. And so we all received it uh, in a way that, that, that you receive it almost like, I've never had it like this before. Why is that? It's because it's fresh. It's fresh. It's, it, it came straight from the master. And, and I'm telling you that, that you don't have to look for... for some prayer that nobody's ever prayed before. You just need to pray prayers that are fresh, that come from the anointing of God that moves on you. That's why we pray in the Holy Ghost. I know I'm bouncing a little bit right now. Y'all, I'll get to all this other, but I, I do feel like we're doing okay right now. Y'all all right? That's why we pray in the Holy Ghost, because Holy Ghost prayer uh, allows us to pray things that we know not how to pray for. And yet, because it's God anointing us and pushing through us that prayer, uh, it is very fresh, it is very relevant to whatever situations we are dealing with at that exact moment. Give yourself to prayer. Give yourself to prayer. And don't look for something brand new 
that nobody else has ever heard about, uh, go back to the pattern that God has given us. When you, when you look at the, the pattern of the Lord's Prayer, as it's commonly referred to, when you look at the pattern of that prayer and you look at that prayer itself, uh, you will notice that there are not questions asked in that prayer. I'm going to touch back into that that I talked about a while back. There are not, he's not asking questions in that prayer. He is telling us to give command in that prayer. Why is he doing that? Because the Lord is wanting us to understand that when we open up our mouths under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, when we open up our mouths, we have the ability to speak things that were not as though they already were. He is wanting us to learn that there is creative power that lies within us and in our prayers. And, and we rob ourselves of the blessing of the Lord. We rob ourselves of, of the good things of God. We rob ourselves of the kingdom of God being made manifest in our lives because we go to God and we think prayer is all about asking. Study. Go look at this. Go look at Matthew 6. Read through that prayer. And, and it's not all about asking. It's more about declaring. It didn't, it didn't say, would you give us this day our daily bread, did it? It said, give us this day our daily bread. Because God doesn't want us coming to him begging for things that he has already told us it's yours. All you got to do is tell me you want it. Don't ask me. Tell me you want it. Give us this day our daily bread. And he said, I'm going to give you your daily bread. I'm just waiting for you to say it. And as soon as you say it, it's going to happen. And, and we have got to learn. I think that almost goes against our grain, doesn't it? Doesn't it? You almost feel, how many of you probably felt a little bit, well, pastor needs to back off a little bit. You don't tell God and order God around. I'm not talking about ordering God around like he's our servant. I am talking about walking under the auspices of the authority that he intends for us to walk in. And there's a difference. But we are geared to ask, ask, and, uh, and cry, cry, cry. And, and it, I'll tell you this, it, it, it scares me when, when we don't break through and have a good cry every once in a while. I'll be the first one to tell you that. I need a good cry every once in a while. There's something therapeutic about it. Something healing about when tears begin to flow. And we all need a good cry every once in a while. But I'm going to tell you this too. If every time you respond to God at an altar, it's to bawl your eyes out, something's wrong in you too. Because at some point, we need to get to the point where we understand how prayer works. And it's not just me weeping before. It's me stepping up in authority and in power. Y'all okay? All right. So he said, this is how you're going to pray. And uh, he said, our Father who art in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven. We need to understand and submit to the fact that the Lord, he is our God. We've got to submit to that. Every day, you and I have got to submit to that. Our Father who art in heaven. Uh, when you tell him your, your Father... Uh, that is that is automatically saying you are in a you are in a position above me. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I'll always I will always be Asher's father. 
and he better always look at me like you're my dad. I'm expecting that in here in just a few years, he's going to pass me up in the height area. And he may look down on me physically, but you can, you can rest assured I'll take him down a peg or two every once in a while just to let him know. He may look down on me, and, and he, may, he may grow up be as tall as his grandpa, six foot four. It could happen. If it does, you know, that's going to be a O'Connell for the history books. But he may look down on me, but I'm always going to be his dad. He's always going. He's always going to look up to me figuratively. And when when you put yourself in that position, uh, you know, my dad, uh, he's all he's he's always going to be dad. He's always my father. And when he speaks, I listen because it's my dad. And so uh, when you come to the Lord to pray and you say, Our Father, you're saying, I'm putting you in a place of authority that is above me. I am submitting myself to you. Our Father who art in heaven, you are high, you are exalted, you are lifted up. Your train fills the temple. As Isaiah said, uh, that, that's, that's who you are, Lord. You, you are highly exalted. And, and you are in that place of authority above me, our Father who art in heaven. Uh, we've got to make sure we come. And when we come to God, we are not coming to God in a place uh, of anything less than being submitted to God. Now, we're living in a day and age when people just do not submit to much of anything. People aren't submitting to very much at all. Um, I, I've, I've read some recent news stories that blew my mind of, of kids who, who, who just are, are, they're not submitted. They're not submitted. They're, they're not submitted to parents. They're not submitted to teachers. They're not submitted to authority, uh, law enforcement, whatever the case may be. They're certainly not submitted in their church. And, and I, I, I'm just... It's amazing that we live in this completely unsubmitted society these days. Completely unsubmitted. Um, there was a, a several months ago, the media ridiculed. I mean, some of y'all might remember this. The media ridiculed uh, the vice president, um, Vice President Pence, because he made a statement that he did not meet with women if his wife was not with him. Did any of y'all hear about that? Oh, my goodness. The media just went after him. Oh, you're so old-fashioned. You know, you live in the Stone Age. You think your wife has to do this and that. And, and uh, I mean, just, just ridiculed him to no end. And now, it's just a few months later, and, and all this stuff's coming out on all these people who have... Who have uh, engaged in some things that they should not have engaged in and made advances that they should not have made. And uh, I'm telling you, he's sounding pretty smart right about now, isn't he? And, they're, and, they're, and now they're going after those people with a vengeance. They, they, just, they, they just flip just like that. Uh, but the point was, when they, when they were coming after him, um, th they were making him out to be some, some dictator against his wife. When really, he was saying, I'm, I'm submitted to that lady too. Yes, she submitted to me, but I'm submitted to her as well. 
And I want to make sure I don't do anything or give any opportunity, any sense of impropriety that would destroy the relationship that we have. And, and our society ridiculed that because our society does not respect submission. It doesn't respect submission. And uh, they certainly don't respect submission to a, to a book that they don't believe in. And so um, you, are, you are the exception in our world today. Did you know that? You are the exception in our world today when you submit to a God that uh, they don't even believe in. And you follow his word, his teachings that is very dear to you, but they think it has nothing, there's no relevance in it to our world today. And, and, and they just find that to be ludicrous. I am telling you, we're going to fight a continuing difficult battle to stand up and be submitted to God as the days go on. Parents, grandparents with children and grandchildren, we're fighting a very difficult battle teaching our kids to be submitted to God in our culture today. Are we doing okay tonight? We're fighting a very, very difficult battle. Um, it, it's not encouraged. It's not. Uh, it's not celebrated, and it's 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 never uh, probably in their lifetime going to be. And so, we're trying to put something in them that is very countercultural. And so, the only way that we can we can tell our kids about being submitted and all that kind of thing, but the only way we're really going to get it into them is if we model submission to them. We've got to model it, and uh, we've got to be intentional. We've got to be intentional. I've got to intentionally show my kids that I am submitted to my wife, that, I, that there's some things dad won't do because dad doesn't want to uh, mess anything up with mom, and vice versa. You hear me? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. It's <laughs> a joke. Lord. <laughs> I'm just making sure y'all still live out there, okay? <laughs> Where was I? No, I've got to show them that. She's got to show them that. We've got to model that. I can't just tell them one thing and go do another. I've got an example. And parents, if we're going to if we're going to show our kids the power of being submitted to God. Uh, if we're going to tell them the power of being submitted to God, we've got to show them what it looks like to be submitted to God. Be submitted. How can I be submitted to God? Tell me something new. I'm not going to tell you anything new. I'm going to pray, read your Bible, fast, be faithful in coming to church, be faithful in your tithe and offering. That's pretty. Be faithful in living a life of separation. Just, just. Do the simple things. Show them a submitted life before the Lord. And if you will do that consistently, your kids are going to grow up and know the power of, of serving a God that they have placed in an in a, in a, in a area that is above them. Our Father who art in heaven. And there's a lot of people that are going to come to church and they're going to say our Father who art in heaven, but they're not going to mean it when they say it. We're trying to get our kids to mean and really live this. Amen? Amen. Uh, hallowed be thy name. We need the name of God sanctified. We need the name of God sanctified. And you'll see scriptures 
that, that show the power of the name. Um, that, that uh, well, Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. It is the name sanctified. Colossians 3, uh, verse number 17. Colossians 3, 17. If you beat me to it, you can go ahead and post it up there. The scripture says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So when you hallow the name, you are, you, are, you are elevating the name. You are giving reverence to that name that is above every other name. We believe that the name of Jesus is not like any other name. We believe in hallowing the name of the Lord. When you say Jesus, it's not like saying Kenneth. When you say Jesus, it's not like saying anything else. It's not like saying uh, Trump, or it's not like saying anybody else that you'd want. When you say Jesus, you are talking, you are invoking the power of a, of a God who is greater than all of us could ever think to be. You are invoking the power of a God who, who uh, loved us so much that he would robe himself in flesh. The power of a God who spoke uh, this world into existence. The power of a God who has taken authority over death, hell, and the grave. When you say Jesus, you're saying something. You can go a lot of places in this world and you can holler out my name. It's not going to do you any bit of good. But you begin to speak the name of Jesus. And you, and you allow that hallowed name to come uh, into effect into whatever situation you are in. You are going to find out there is something so much more powerful about his name than any other. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 5 and uh, verse number 19. I'm going back to some one God stuff. Y'all all right with that? To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. God was in Christ. It is God that is in Jesus Christ. So when you hallow that name, you're not hallowing the name of a man. You're hallowing the name of the Lord our God. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. He said, now you're going to pray, let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your kingdom come. When the kingdom of God comes, I told you what it looks like. It's, the, it's healing. When the kingdom of God comes, it's deliverance. When the kingdom of God comes, it's the poor have the gospel preached to them. That is what the kingdom of God looks like. It's what you saw in Isaiah. And Jesus, whenever he uh, stood up before the, uh, the synagogue and he read that day from the book of Isaiah, he said, uh, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. It was the kingdom coming. So, when we pray thy kingdom come, what we are actually saying is, Lord, 
Let everything that you desire to do in the lives of people, let it begin to happen and be made manifest through me. Everybody say through me. It is the will of God that the, the gifts of the Spirit would operate through you. Let me just tell you right now, and I feel like I'm about to get hung up a little bit right here, okay? But let me tell you right now, the gifts of the Spirit do not just operate through a pastor. And the gifts of the Spirit don't just operate through evangelists. The gifts of the Spirit are not just for some select few. But the gifts of the Spirit are for the body of Christ in general. And we have messed that up. We have messed it up. Let me tell you how we messed it up. We started elevating everybody that ever exercised the gifts of the Spirit. Well, we started elevating them. We're making them superstars. We started making them superstars. Well, boy, they must really be something. They get to operate in this. And, and, and we disqualified ourselves. From doing the exact thing God called us to do. When, when, when the Bible talks about gifts of the Spirit. It's not, it's not ever. It's not ever in reference to just uh, ministers or something. It's always in reference to the body. Go study it. It's always in reference to the body. Why? Because God wants the body to operate this way. Because, because every church needs to have. Many people in that church who are tuned in to the Spirit of God. Let me tell you something. And it doesn't have to, to be somebody jumping up in the middle of service and, and saying, Thus saith the Lord! And getting everybody's attention on you. That's not how all that stuff, it could work that way. That's not how it always works. It could be you go to, over to somebody and say, Look, the Lord just... I feel like the Lord has dealt with me a little bit. And, and, uh, and, and give yourself an out. This may just be me. I think it's the Lord, but it may be me. But I want to make sure that I give you what I feel. And I feel like you're str you, you've been going through this battle right now. And uh, I just want you to know the Lord impressed on me to let you know that he's walking with you through this right now. And God said he's bringing deliverance. And whatever that word may be that you need to give him or it may be a word of wisdom. It may be a word of knowledge. It, it may be a word of faith. Who knows? But I'm telling you, God wants to operate through everybody in this room right now. Everybody that is in this room right now. And, and it is a frustrating thing. I'm going to tell you what has limited the church of the living God more than anything else. It's that we have, we have, just, we have, put, we have put limits on ourselves. Now, probably some of us preachers have put limits on congregations too, because we don't need to we don't need to uh, abuse this stuff either. And there's been times it's been abused. You had the the latter rain movement come along, and they abused it. And you had you had a lot of stuff happen, and there was some very legitimate things going on, but there were some people getting up and and making declarations they had no business making, and. Uh, and it scared a lot of pastors, and, and so instead of dealing with that, they just said, well, we'll just shut the whole thing down. And in Pentecost today, we're dealing with the effects of shutting down the whole thing. 
because we didn't want to be like the wacky uh, charismatic. And when I say charismatic, I'm not talking about what people think of when they say charismatic today. I'm talking about the weird stuff. You know, I see gold dust and all that weird stuff people got into, right? I, I, I mean, if y'all hear me, I'm, I'm. This is good teaching right now. And so we didn't want to wind up like all them. And so, and I'm telling you right now, we don't need to get goofy. We don't need to get crazy. And if you get goofy or get crazy, I may come have a talk with you. But I'd rather you be out there trying to operate in the Holy Ghost than you sitting on the thing that God, the gift that God wants to operate through you in this church not being a benefit of the gift that God has placed in your life. Because if you don't operate in that gift, if you don't operate in that gift, this church doesn't get what God wants it to have. When we allow fear, I may have to come back to finish this lesson. But when we allow fear to hinder us from operating in the gift that God has given to us, it is a selfish thing that, that hinders everybody else from being a recipient of the blessing of the Lord. We need, we need, we need to exercise the gift of the Spirit. It should be that there are words of faith, words of prophecy that go forth. And if you've, if you've got one that you feel is real strong, then I'll tell you how you handle that. You come talk to me. Say, I feel like the Lord wants me to tell brother so-and-so this or sister so-and-so that and and you just run it by me and i i i've got a good enough discerner i'll say you know what you need to share it with them or i'll say you know what the lord just gave you that so you'll be aware of where they're at and you can know how to pray for them just hold it so so you get scared you don't know come talk to me we'll work through all that but i want this church operating in the gift of the spirit I want this church operating in the gift of the Spirit. Because I can't pastor this church good enough to make up for a lack of the gift of the Spirit. Do you hear me? And I'll tell you what will happen. You'll begin to resent me over time. Because I'm not, I'm not filling every hole and every need. And, and why isn't pastor getting this done? Why didn't pastor know this? Why didn't pastor feel this? Because maybe God let somebody else know it and somebody else feel it because he wanted them to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. That's why we're told to covet earnestly the best gift. What is the best gift? It's the one that God needs you to operate in right now. Covet earnestly the best gift. He didn't say that. Hey, Paul didn't say that to the Apostle Peter. Paul did not say that to uh, James and John. No. Paul said that to the church at Corinth. He said, I'm telling the whole church this. Covet earnestly. The Am I right? Covet earnestly the best gift. Why? Because it is the will of God to minister in a church, not just through the pastor, but through the gifts of the Spirit. We've got to make sure. We've got to make sure that His kingdom is coming. His kingdom will never come if we hinder it. His kingdom will never come if we hinder it. And so I, I think what one of the things that we found ourselves, and, and I'm just going to, 
but I'm, I'm about to, to finish up here in just a minute. Uh, Brother Rob, it's only 7.50. My goodness, I got don't get scared. I think one of the things that, that has happened is in our fear of, of stepping out, in our fear of, uh, of missing it, and all of those things, uh, I think one of the things that has happened is we have lost a significant portion of the power of God in our services that God wants us to have. What I mean by that is, is there a cup or anything in here anywhere? Nobody's got a water bottle in here. Who got a water bottle? Is there anything in it? That's empty, huh? Well, I need this though because it's glass. Is this thing, it's not coming out of there, is it? I'll just take the whole thing. Can I see that? wondering if I can handle that with one hand, aren't you? We're going to need new candles. <laughs> but, but we come to church, and God says in order, we've got one, two, three, four, five. We've got five cylinders here, okay? And God says, I need this church operating on all five cylinders. And so... We expect the pastor to have his part done, right? And we expect the praise team to have their part done. And uh, whatever else the case may be. But what begins to happen is the Lord says, that's all well and good. But I also need you to contribute your part to the service. I want to use you. I want to operate in the gifts through you. And we say, no, Lord, I, I just, I'm not comfortable doing that. And so we only get a little bit of the anointing that God wants in the service through your part. And we may have everybody else, everything else, may be operating on all five cylinders. And we may have good, ch you can have good church like that. You can have good church like that. But you don't have kingdom come church like that there'd be a big difference and so we come along and we have good service boy we have good service thank you lord I'm, I'm thankful for good service but i'm not interested in i want our services to be everything god wants them to be so that he says okay now you've got everything operating correctly you're firing on all cylinders now I can begin to do exactly what it is I want to do because there's, there's some things that God has anointed you to do that I can't. And there's some things he's anointed me to do that you cannot do. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us, God, to give back into this service what you want us to give into it. Help us, Lord, to let your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Please, please, quit putting it on the praise team to sing the right songs or, or to just do everything just right. Quit putting it on the preacher to have the exact word 
and, and turn the phrase in the perfect way that will move you in your, in your emotions. Instead, why don't we come and say, I want to make sure that everything's happening the way it needs to be. And this is only going to take place if we submit ourselves to God and we spend time in prayer and we begin to pray kingdom come prayers. And the kingdom's only going to come. The kingdom's only going to come if we're praying that kind of prayer and we're allowing the spirit to flow through us. We're allowing the spirit to flow through us. I didn't know I'd get off on this tonight, and I, I hope y'all are okay. I know I've bounced a little bit, and I apologize. I had tried to get into my lesson like I needed to, and I apologize, okay? But I'm telling you, it's the will of God. It's the will of God that this church not just be a church, but it's the will of God that this church be the church. The church. And in the church, there's not one or two that minister in the power of the Holy Ghost. The body ministers under the power of the Holy Ghost. If I can say something right now without, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to do this because I don't want you to think that I'm trying to elevate any one person or anything, and I don't want to put a target on anybody's back for the devil to try to come after them. So I, you know my spirit. Uh, but let me just tell you something. Um, Brother Jimmy, you are firing on all five cylinders Sunday in this church. You were being sensitive to the Lord. I was watching you. You were being sensitive to the Lord, praying with people, being led of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And there were others too. I'm just saying, you probably saw him working the altar and, and getting, and just, you know, he might be here, then he might be there. He's just being led of the Lord. What? That's because he was contributing his part to the service and what God wanted to do. Whatever my part is in the service, Lord, I want to give it to you. I want to submit it to you so that you can do the thing, God, that you desire to do. I'm praying when we walk in this church. Now, this Sunday, we're having a little bit different kind of service. It'll be a little different. But, but when we are having our regular services, when we come back in the next time, I am praying that we have this kind of church. Let us have full church, God. Full church where we are filled to the brim with the anointing of God. And we are being led by the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now. That we will begin to experience a release of the gift of the Spirit. In this holy house. That is unprecedented for this church. God, not where just one or two or three operate in it, but where many in this building begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, there are people that are fearful of it. They think that they haven't attained the level yet. But God, when you filled them with the Holy Ghost, they had everything they needed to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, I am praying that we would become sensitive to that and we would begin to yield to that. I pray it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, there's going to be people in this church that are going to drive to other folks' house, knock on the door and say, I just felt led to come over here that today you needed somebody to come by here and pray with you and love you. And I just felt led to do it, so I'm here to do it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. 
God release the gifts of the Spirit in this congregation to operate in an unprecedented manner. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Folks, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, I know this is a little different. I hope y'all are okay with me. This is what God wants to do. This is we we got things right last Wednesday and Sunday. We've been repenting. We've been pouring out, right? We've been getting things right with God. And I'm telling you now, God says it's time. You got that right. Don't don't dwell there now. Don't dwell there now. Now step up. Go forward. Let this flow in you. You've got the same Holy Ghost I've got. It's not different. I don't have it in a greater measure than anyone else. We have the same Holy Ghost. The same Holy Ghost that helps me preach and, and makes my, my brother tease me when I kick my leg up when I'm preaching. That same Holy Ghost that's, that's, that allows me to operate on the unction of it is the same Holy Ghost that you're going to operate on the unction of. It's the will of God. It's the will of God. Would you just raise your hands right now if you desire to be used of God? Would you just raise your hands right now and say, Lord, I receive it. And I'm offering myself to be a vessel right now. Come on and pray that for just a minute here. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody covet earnestly right now the best gifts. We're talking about praying kingdom prayers. Thy kingdom come. The kingdom can't come if we're not letting the spirit of God flow. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There is such a stillness in the atmosphere. What I feel like is this is a like we've almost we've on a tonight we've been walking through a forest and we found we found a still crystal clear lake and the lord says inside of that is everything you need and it's just still and it's crystal clear Somebody's going to throw a rock in that thing and it's going to begin to ripple. And you're going to be able to see, begin to see the waves move toward the shore. And you're going to see that lake begin to have movement in it. And what has been still up till now, this service tonight is a rock being thrown in. And the ripples are about to make their way out. 
and the waves are about to begin to flow up onto the shore. Hallelujah. I tell you what, why don't we stand right now and let's just begin to give God praise. Hallelujah. 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 Don't be distracted right now. Right now be focused on what God's doing. Give ourselves to you. We give ourselves to you. Lord, I'm a vessel through which the Holy Ghost can flow. I'm a vessel through which your spirit can operate. No longer, God, am I going to put it off on everybody else. But I'm your vessel. I'm the one through which you want to operate, move, administer, and flow. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you could pray in the Holy Ghost, just let yourself pray in the Holy Ghost right now. can use anything, Lord, you can use me, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me, take my hands, Lord, take my feet, touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me.